0: One welcome to Grace Church. It's great to see you all this morning. i just ask you to stand as we prepare to worship. Just real quick, you ever heard anybody say, my vision is perfect. I've got 2020 vision. Has anybody ever heard that? Did you know that, that it's actually not perfect vision at all? It just means that you can see from a distance of 20 feet, what the average person can see at that distance. And I was thinking about that the other day because I actually have really good vision. I had it checked and it was 2010. So I can see almost twice as far as the average person. But when I asked the question, that's that's how they explained it to me. And I was thinking about this year and, and all the mess that's been in 2020. And I just wonder if we haven't gotten caught up in the 2020 vision. We think we're seeing it like it should be seen, but we just actually kinda see it as an average. We, we just kinda see what's happening and what's going on and what we think is going to become of us the way the average person would. I'd hate that for you, church, because that's not our future. We, we shouldn't have 2020 vision about 2020, we need a spiritual vision. We need the vision that God gives us. Can we see deeper? Can we worship? Can we worship not as average, but as what we really are this morning? Lift your hands and praise Him as we sing today.
1: Joining us on live stream. I'm very excited. I have a feeling of expectation. I believe something's going to happen good today. Why is that? Because I and you are the beneficiaries of a good God. We serve a good God. David writes, David writes, The Lord is good to all. So if you came here, maybe you felt that you were on the fringe. That's okay. Because my God is good to all. And his tender mercies over all, all of his works. It gives me confidence not only for me, but gives me confidence for you too. I believe God is good. I'm just excited for you. I mean, nothing good may happen to me, but I'm going to stand around you because I have a feeling that something good's going to happen today. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You may be seated this morning for a short time. We thank you for the generosity of those of you who give in grace, and we appreciate that. And please know that you continue giving in the uh, in our lobby. We have a little box for that, and as well as as online through the through the through the app and through our website. We have a few announcements today. Please remember that on December seventh at seven fourteen p.m. Everybody, say seven fourteen p.m. Let's bow a knee and pray continue the united family prayer time at home on december 8th we'll have tuesday morning prayer here at the auditorium at our church on the campus december 13th i'm very excited about this we will have our christmas service at 11 a.m i've been to pentecost a long time and i love christmas services i love it also on december 13th we will have our christmas for christ offering so if you want to give please be ready to do so on that same day Do you love the Lord this morning? I know I told you to sit down, but if you want to, if you want to worship God real good, can you stand to your feet again? And let's lift our voices to heaven and let God know that we love him and appreciate him.
2: anybody feel the presence of the Lord here today? Don't you feel his presence? You feel his presence. It's great to see all of you here today. Don't get too comfortable. This is going to continue in just a moment because we've experienced the move of God, but there wasn't quite enough that went along with it. So we're going to pick up here in just a few moments and we're going to see God do some amazing things here today. But it's great to see all of you here today. Thank you so much for being here. We're excited to see you on campus and I uh, thank you for your contribution today in worship and faith and trust. Thank the Lord and God will certainly God will certainly bless. Uh, before we, we move on and change the order of the service you can be seated for a moment. Uh, I would like to remind everybody we taught Wednesday night on how we need each other if you were not here or did not watch it on live stream I ask you to go back and view that Bible study I believe it will be a help, be a blessing but we are discovering more and more that people need people in their lives we need fellowship we need each other Uh, I ask Brother Tom to organize an overcomers event, just strictly a social event and uh actually maybe testing the water a little bit I think a lot of us in that overcomer age group we need some fellowship, we need some friendship, we need to see the manifestations of those friendships and whatnot. so uh, he quickly moved and organized an overcomer's Christmas lunching, luncheon uh, that's coming up uh, Saturday, December the 12th and uh, I'd like for all of our folks that are in that age bracket please make plans to attend it's going to be, brother tom does a great job with this he always does puts everything he has into it. it's going to be a lot of fun but the fellowship is going to be outstanding so uh those of you that are in that age group uh please make plans to attend if you have any questions about it brother tom would be happy to answer them. but uh, please make plans to attend we need it especially going into the christmas holidays i need it uh i need it so uh make plans to attend that'd be, a, be an awesome awesome thing this past Tuesday night uh, we had prayer uh, church-wide prayer it was outstanding uh, God met with us in such an amazing phenomenal way and I've discovered with God and I've discovered with people as you never know who God is talking to and when neither do you always know what God is talking to them about. And uh, something very special happened this past Tuesday night at prayer. Uh, one of our children, one of our children said, God spoke to me. And um, <clears throat> I hate to, almost in a way, hate to say it's Joseph Watley because you'll say, well, that's Pastor's Grand. So let's set that aside we need to hear from God and I'm willing to listen to God when it's God out of anybody's mouth Amen Amen and um, so when he talked to me about what God talked to him about I thought how amazing is that and so we've asked him to come and preach today and he is considering this a sermon, and I'm going to ask you to hear it. I believe it's of God. The Bible talks about out of the mouth of babes. Let God speak to you through what Joseph has to say. I'm going to stand up here with him. He's a little nervous, as you can expect, but I want him to come right now. Come ahead, Joseph. And uh, he's an excellent, excellent Bible quizzer, and I uh, was very proud of him. Too.
3: Today from my sermon is Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you saith to the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. What I want to preach to you today from my title is God knows everything. I think that most people believe that God knows everything. So why did he let the COVID-19 virus happen? I believe he allowed it to happen for several reasons. First, to show us how strong the church is. Second, to prove to the devil that I am still here. What would happen if God didn't let this happen? There would still be a lot of bad things like wildfires, earthquakes, etc. Most people believe that this year is a disaster and that the virus has changed everyone. But Jeremiah twenty nine eleven in translation says, I know the plans that I have for you says the Lord. They are plans for good, not for disaster, to give you a future and full of hope. This year is almost over and it's been a tough year, but that doesn't mean we can't finish this year with a positive. Let's consider the story of Esther. Esther had a hard time or season, but in the end she received a great reward. Esther got to be first the queen of Persia, and second, she saved the lives of her people. We too have had hard times this year, but that doesn't mean we can't make the hard times into good times. Thank you.
2: I have to tell you this morning that he was not influence one way or the other Um, nobody edited his notes his mother just typed word for word what he wrote down all of that came from the bottom of his heart as a result of being in prayer this past Tuesday night and I thank God that God talks to our children and I thank God that they listen that they listen thank the Lord it took a lot of courage it took a lot of courage for him to come and do what he did and thank you Joseph for talking to us today from your heart and he meant this. He meant it from his heart and so this year doesn't have to end in a disaster. It doesn't have to end that way because we're in the hands of God and he's thinking about good things towards his people. Does anybody love the Lord here this morning? Let's give him a hand. Praise. Thank the Lord. I'm going to ask you to stand with me today as we turn to Hebrews chapter 6 and I'm going to piggyback on Joseph's remarks. I told him we would team preach today and uh, this would be a tag team thing and uh, that's what we're going to do today. Thank the Lord. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 15. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Men verily swear by the greater and an oath for confirmation is to them and end of all strife, wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope that is set before us which hope we have as an anchor of the soul both sure and steadfast i want to preach to you for a little while i i don't know everybody here today uh, intimately enough to to know where all of your securities lie i don't know what your building on for your hope for tomorrow but I want to ask you a question whatever it is is it going to hold is it going to last is it going to be everything that you need it to be I want to preach to you for of just a few minutes this morning does your anchor hold if it doesn't you may want to consider a transition onto something that's more trustworthy, that's more permanent, that's more eternal. Everybody say, thank the Lord for the word. Thank you for standing and you may be seated. <clears throat> I want to share something with you today that all of you know. I know that there's an element of people that if you talk about Bible prophecy to them, they throw up a wall, they don't want to hear it. Most, a lot of people focus more on today and the immediate future than they do anything that's long-term. We all know what's happened this year, but let's move forward. We've all heard of the vaccines that are coming out that's that's been made by several different companies. But is anybody paying attention to the requirements? Um, And what what is planning to be presented uh, as far as these vaccines go? I'm gonna ask you to put on your thinking cap because uh, I read this week that there are several airlines that won't let you fly on their plane unless you have this vaccine I've also read that the federal government is uh, considering to roll out a plan that you can't uh, renew your passport or you can't get another passport or a, 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 a new passport unless you've had the vaccine you will not be able to travel overseas they're considering these things, what I anticipate coming is you won't be able to receive any kind of government subsidy unless you get the vaccine, in other words, they're going to make you do it, they're going to try every way they can to make you do it, and I've heard a number of people say already, well, I'm not going to do it, well, if you need to travel overseas, you will, or you won't travel overseas, or uh, if you need any of other these things, and uh, they're also considering to those who receive the vaccine is to assign a certain number to you uh, so that number will identify you as a recipient of the COVID-19 vaccine. I want to ask you to put your thinking cap on right now. Where do you think this is leading? Can anybody deny that? Uh, we have been conditioned programmed this whole entire year uh, to do exactly what the government is telling us to do and there's that battle going on is it science or is it politics and all that kind of stuff it doesn't really matter at this point we're just being told by the federal government what to do uh, and when to do it we're seeing states in our country that is really gone off the deep end with a lot of this stuff in my opinion but it's conditioning its programming that uh, we're like cattle and we do what we're told to do kind of thing and uh, I think you'd be very naive and a person with your head in the sand this morning if you couldn't see where this is leading and it's going to be interesting at the, at the mental condition the, the attitudinal condition that everybody's in right now I have a feeling that America places around the world they are gonna get in line and they're gonna wait for their shot because it will now permit them to resume a normal lifestyle. Uh, if you don't see the Antichrist and the Mark of the Beast written all over this, I don't know what else to say. Which leads me to believe that um, <laughs> if we're not in the end time right now, I don't know where we are. Amen. I believe the rapture of the church is imminent, and uh, I believe it behooves everyone here today. To grab a hold of an anchor called Jesus Christ. And hang on for the ride until we're raptured out of here in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Amen. Amen. So if you're playing around with sin, if you're playing around with the world. um, I've said this many times to other people, but I did have a conversation this morning. That uh, What are people going to do five minutes after the trumpet sounds? What are you going to do? What's your plan? And all the stuff that we do now is not going to matter five minutes after the rapture. It's not going to matter. All the things that are important now, all the securities and all that you have now, it's not going to matter then. So I want to preach to you for a little while today as we embark a future that I don't think we're really that prepared for, being Americans, because we're very spoiled, we're very affluent, Uh, We get what we want when we want it kind of thing most of the time. Um, I'm not sure we're prepared for the future that is immediately ahead of us. You need to make sure you have something to hold on to. Lloyd Alfred Tennyson said, cast all your cares on God, that anchor holds. So in an age of great change, when morality is scoffed at, when at times the world even encroaches the borders of the church, when the stern paths of righteousness are frequently avoided, men and women have chosen substitute anchors to try to hold them in place in these choppy, very choppy seas of life that we're now living. It's not a future thing anymore. We're here. It's here. It's here. And so because of the lack of anchors, men often spend themselves in perilous pursuits. There's the search for significance, a search for some semblance of value as they live out their lives. Because the wrong anchors are chosen, life loses its value. The quality of life, the important things in life, loses value because people choose the wrong acres. They choose the wrong things to hold them in place during turbulent times. Life becomes nothing more than a seeming quest for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It's interesting to me that the word anchor only appears four times In four verses in the Bible. Yet the writer makes an allusion to this word when he wrote to the Hebrews. There is nothing like having the creator to be able to anchor the soul of men and women. There's nothing like it. There is no substitute for it. So the anchor that he is talking about here is Jesus. The anchor is Jesus, God manifested in human form. There are many biblical anchors that hold your life and mine together. The Bible gives us many anchors that we can hold on to all under the umbrella, of course, of Jesus himself. But first of all, the first anchor I will submit to you today is the anchor of truth the anchor of knowing the truth and that truth is first of all hero israel the lord our god is one lord that is a truth that you can anchor to it is a timeless truth It is an eternal truth it is a truth that will never change no matter what happens in the world That truth will never change and you may not understand that value but when times get tough and when times have been tough there's been many times in my life that I have gone to that anchor. It's one God and that's the only God I need in my life. You can anchor yourself to the fact that salvation is true repentance, baptism in the name of Jesus, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. That is a biblical truth that can help anchor your soul. There's righteous living. There's the fruit of the Spirit. There's the gifts of the Spirit. All of these things are anchors in our life that assures us that our relationship with God is intact. And then there's the anchor that the Bible presents to us. It's the anchor of hope. And encapsulated with that is the hope of salvation. There's healing. There's deliverance. There's encouragement. There's inspiration. There's revelation. The truth, uh, this list of of truths go on and on and on. So not just in the Bible do you have uh, doctrine and, and things that are immutable that about God. that things that don't change about God. But there's ways that those things are manifested in your life. In addition to that, a third anchor that I rest on every day of my life is the promise that the Word of God gives to us. As a matter of fact, there's over 6,000 of them. The fourth anchor is Faith. All of this is under the umbrella of truth. There is faith, and faith in God is legitimate. So some may feel that the identity of the anchor is not necessary. It's what is important is that I know I have an anchor, but it really don't matter what it is. That's a foolish statement. I believe it is important that you absolutely know what you're putting your hope in. What you're putting your future in what you're putting the lives of your family into. It's important that you know the identity, the agenda, the motivation, and what is driving those things. I can stand here today and tell you confidently, God has only one agenda, and that is to rapture church out of here to live with Him forever. And as long as I stick with that, I think I'm going to be okay today. I don't have to worry about the world and all of these other things. I want to be right with God. I want God to be pleased with my life because I want to spend that eternity with him and that is bottom line his agenda (laughs) hallelujah so the identity of the anchor is necessary but again some may say that an anchor is an anchor as long as it holds it don't matter the name brand on it but it is a necessity to know him whom you have been redeemed by and there are great purposes of the anchor called Christ. This Jesus anchor has the capacity to hold the wind tossed, the storm torn, and the weary sailor can find rest in the most perilous times of his life. I'm not preaching you to you today rhetoric. I'm not just going through lip service. These are things... That I've lived on many occasions, I've taken you through moments and events in my life where that's all I had was Jesus. It's all I had was the Word of God. I've had friends fail me. I've had relationships fail me. I've had circumstances fail me. I've had sickness in my life and in my family. But when it comes down to it, bottom line, my faith, my hope is anchored to this anchor called Jesus. Hallelujah! Now, this is, is kind of odd to me, but there are people that manifest this attitude. There is some small debate about the purpose of the anchor during stormy times. A small group of sailors say that it's best if the anchors just rest in the stern and the bow of the ship they contend, listen to me, church people, these people with this philosophy contend that it's just better to go with the flow. So if the mainstream is going that way, then that's what we're going to do. If, if most of the world is going that way, then that's what we're going to do. And people just want to know they have an anchor in their possession, but it's not really anchoring them to anything. We have several fishermen here today. Tommy Goins is, I consider to be an expert fisherman. Henry Swallow is an expert fisherman. I think these men will tell you when they're out on their boat, that that anchor is not doing you a lot, a lot of good and turbulent water unless you throw it in and let it go to the bottom and do its job. Y'all not hearing me right now. It's one thing to profess that you have a relationship with Jesus. But it's another thing to show manifestation of that relationship with Jesus. So in other words, you can't walk into a bar room and say it's okay because I've got Jesus in my heart. You can't commit sins and transgressions against God, and say it's okay because I still just have Jesus in my heart. You manifest. That relationship you have with God. Before you sin, when you're tempted to sin, you take that anchor out and you drop it over the side and you say, not today baby. I'm not committing that sin today. I'm not going to that place today. I'm not going to do that thing today. I'm going to stand firm because I have an anchor and his name is Jesus and I'm going to throw that anchor overboard because he will stick me to the bottom of our relationship praise God the vast majority of seaworthy sailors determine that the anchor should be dropped to the depths the anchor should find the lodging among the rocks thus holding the ship in a steady position throughout the tossing the anchor holds and keeps the ship from capsizing I have to preach here a little bit today. I I, I, I counsel with people. I talk to people. I do it often. And they come and say, I don't understand, Pastor. I I attend church, and I do this, and I do that. And you have all this turbulent stuff going on in my life, and I just don't know what to do. I've seen marriages fall apart. I've seen people leave the church. I've seen all of that happen. And it just occurred to me in preparation for this this sermon today, is you have the anchor in you but you don't know how to use it and you don't know when to use it. I could see moments with a fisherman that I just referred to. I've been out with one, he's, he's gone on to, the, to meet the Lord already. But in uh, Johnny Mitchell, I've been out on the boat with him numerous times. We've gotten to turbulent water. I always felt like I I had confidence that first of all, he knew when to go out and when not to go out. But if he did go out and he started seeing trouble on the horizon, he knew when to come back in. But if he was out at sea and something came up unexpected, I still had confidence that he could navigate us back to shore. But if he couldn't, There was this little weight on the boat. Okay, I I didn't mean to go so deep and so theological. I thought it'd be simpler than this. But I've seen him several times throw that thing overboard when it's choppy or even when there's a good fishing spot, a honey hole as he called it. He would throw that thing down and we're going to stay right here and we're going to catch every fish that we can. I'll come to that in a minute. I don't want to be too long on this point. But I want everyone here today to listen to Pastor. It's time we learn how to manifest the power that we have in our relationship with God. It's just not enough anymore to walk around saying, I'm a Christian and I have Jesus in my heart. We have turbulent times ahead of us. And you better know who your anchor is. I'm not suggesting that we throw Jesus overboard and don't anybody go down that path. But there's some times when you can't move forward and you can't move backward, all you can do is just hold a spot, just hold some ground that I'm not gonna give up and I'm not gonna be a failure. I'm not gonna surrender, but I'm gonna take this anchor called Jesus and I'm gonna hold on to it because I've got confidence. I've got confidence that he's going to get me through. Everybody clap your hands here this morning. Hallelujah. The great howling around the ship, the creaking of the timbers, the tremors of the mast are all a physical part of the storm, yet the acre holds. Peter wrote, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as you're partakers of Christ's suffering that when His glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with His seething joy if you be reproached for the name of Jesus. Happy are ye for the Spirit of glory and of God rest on you. On their part, He is of evil spoken of, but on your part, He is glorified. Jesus said in John 16 these things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation but be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. Hallelujah to God. I feel the presence of the Lord here today. The anchor can relieve the dread of destruction. The anchor of Jesus Christ is of such quality that no matter how strong the storm is, the heavier the strain that comes upon it, it holds deeper and firmer. The storm, no matter how great, does not drive men from the Savior, it merely anchors their soul deeper in the rock of ages. The storm is not designed to drive you away from God. Is designed for you to anchor more intimately to him. Let's look at this from another way. Now I'm preaching to everybody here today. There's certain times that a sailor will drop his anchor because he's found great wealth in the sea. The hidden treasure. The buried treasure. All of us know stories of pirates and finding treasure and And all of that and how true all that is, I don't know. I wasn't there. I'm old, but I'm not that old. But it makes sense to me that if you discover that there's something on the bottom under the water that is of value, that you want to throw that anchor out so it can hold you steady until you evaluate and determine the treasure that is on the bottom of the sea. There are times in life that God wants us sometimes to stay where we are. Because there's treasure underneath you. I'm a move forward guy. All of you know that. I feel I'm a visionary man. If I'm not moving forward to me, I'm moving backwards. But in the context of this message today, it makes sense to me that if there's diamonds and rubies and and sapphire and all that stuff right under the water, you can't see it, but you know it's there and it's a new discovery. You would be a fool to keep sailing. In Johnny Mitchell's case, when he found that little school of fish, Marcus and I were fishing with him one day somewhere between here and Grand Isle. I don't know where we were. It was brackish water. I do know that. And he found a little school of, of speckled trout, specks as he called them. And we caught one right after another, right after another. You'd throw the bait in the water and it'd just go straight down. And we just kept fishing and fishing. And we stayed there for about an hour. We must have caught 40 or 50 fish that day. Marcus, I've never seen him so happy. He was smiling like the proverbial mule eating briars. And uh, it was a great, great time. It would have been stupid for us to realize that we're out there to fish and hear some fish. But it's okay. Just to have the anchor on the boat. So let's just keep on going and go with the flow. Y'all not hearing me? Still not? I don't think y'all are with me today. When God blesses in times of prosperity, and He gives you raises and promotions, and He gives you that dream job and that dream home and the dream car, that's not a time to drift away from God. We've seen it happen, and why it happens, I have no idea. I'm going to preach here today, and I'm going to meddle in your business, but I've seen people get rich. I've seen them be blessed by God. They get some money for the first time in their life, and the first thing they do is they drift on from that spot only God knows where. But what would happen in your life? And on the other hand, I've seen people gain a lot of money in their life, and they credit God for it. And they stay in that spot. So not only is God blessing me monetarily, but I'm going to stay in this spot and see what else I can find out about God. And let's just see how rich he is and how much wealth he has. I'm going to use this as a tool to draw me closer to God, not to drift further away from him. Pastor, I have money for the first time and there's so many things I've always wanted to do. And if God, if God didn't want me to do all these things, why didn't he bless me with all this money? He blessed you with money so you could show his glory better, not get stupid and walk away from him. Do you think God is in heaven saying, I'm going to make this guy rich so they'll backslide? But sometimes when you anchor in a spot, you have to stay there a while before you exhaust what God wants you to have out of that spot. And so the Bible said, In your patience possess you your soul. And we desire, Hebrews said, that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope into the end, that you be not slothful but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Patience is one of the processes of making a child of God. So when God blesses you over a period of time, we understand that for most people, unless you win the lottery, It takes a while to just finally have some money in the bank to be able to do some things. But it also takes time to build relationships. It also takes time to build a relationship with God. So when God has you in a place of blessing, exhaust the blessing of that spot before you move on. Am I making sense to anybody here this morning? Let me hurry on because time is running out. So this is what you do. You let the anchor stay down long enough. Listen to pastor. You let the anchor stay down long enough until you're free from the acid of bitterness, the heat of anger, the rival of jealousy, the rot of covetousness, the snare of substitutes, the lethargy of complacency. The anchor holds men against drifting away from the more important things that can be harvested from the sea of life. Noah anchored deep and built an ark. John! anchored his soul and became the disciple of love. Daniel anchored his heart and his conviction and walked out of the den of lions. Aholiub and Bezalel anchored for a long time in one spot and worked patiently and crafted the furniture for Moses' tabernacle. Ruth, remained anchored and in her patient gleaning and found destiny at the hand of the kinsman redeemer. In other words, you fish out the spot that you're in. You don't move further away from God. Joseph mentioned Esther. I can't imagine what that lady went through, but she realized she had an opportunity for a place of blessing, for a place of anointing, for a place of power. For a place of influence for a place to save her entire nation did she move on absolutely not she stayed postured she had herself bathed and adorned and clothed so she could make an appearance before her king and her king extended to her that scepter and Ahasuerus made her ultimately his queen. Why? Because she developed patience because she understood that in the development of a relationship with God you've got to be patient and if you really want the blessing that God wants you to have you have to fish out that spot before you move. The prodigal son. The prodigal son. Oh, my goodness. All he would have had to do was just stay at his house till the old man died. But he got impatient. Y'all not hearing me today. If you're hearing me, you're not applying. I, I just feel this thing that's not being applied. There's people here today that have been blessed out the wazoo, whatever the wazoo is. You've been blessed and blessed and blessed. Are you more committed to God as a result of it? Or are you less committed to God because of it? When you throw your anchor down in the place of prosperity, you better keep God on the throne where he belongs. If you don't, your prosperity will become your idol and you'll lose your soul. Ask the rich man. A great prayer life is not built overnight. And let me have you understand. Let me have you understand something. This is truly applicable in leadership. People say, I can't do this, I can't do that. People say, I can't stand behind the pulpit or whatever. You're never going to learn until you do it. We understand that principle. You have to do it. You have to practice that for a while. Uh, all of our media booth people started somewhere and all of their expertise and what they're doing. Tommy Goins started somewhere as a fisherman. There was a time in his life when that was his first fishing trip. Probably a kid would be my to be my guess, but at some point somebody woke him up and said, "Let's go fishing." He wasn't a professional expert fisherman overnight. People say it's too hard to pray. You're not going to learn to pray unless you pray. All right. Pastors meddling, we're we're about to tell 2020 goodbye, and I hope we tell heaven hello here pretty soon. But I want you to understand there's a lot of people whose lives and marriages and kids are capsizing right now because you have Jesus in your possession but you've never thrown it overboard so it can really work for you. It's time to start showing up at prayer meetings and Wednesday night Bible study and sit and listen to what God is trying to say. A 10 year old heard from God this past Tuesday night. What could God speak to you if you had come out and just talked to God for a while? What could He do in your life? It's not built overnight a command on the word of God is not built overnight it takes time to develop these things it takes patience and just because you're in possession of him doesn't mean that that relationship is everything it can be what do they call it brother Tommy I don't usually like to speak out to the congregation like this but I've seen some of these Cajun people in these little bateau boats Anchors don't work. They have a rope or a chain tied to like a long fence railing or something, and they just poke it down in the the mud. Henry, you know what I'm talking about? Have you ever? Thank you for saying yes. I I need some support here. (laughs) But I've seen it. They have a six or eight foot long pole, and it's not just something you drop. You just poke it down in the mud, and it anchors you. You can't take your relationship with God and expect it to be this giant anchor on one of our naval vessels. You may have a rope tied to the end of a fence railing and you just stick it down in the mud. If it holds you, so be it. You can graduate to a heavier anchor. You can promote up to a prettier anchor. But bottom line, the function of the anchor still has to be the same. That when you're going through a time of turbulence or you're going through a time of blessing, you have to be able to hold. And God, and God will hold you. Yes, He will. (laughs) Drugs won't do it. Alcohol don't do it. Relationships with other people don't do it. Money don't do it. The world don't do it. Only God. (laughs) Only God can hold you in times of blessing, and times of diversity. Hallelujah. Now, we were having a little altar service a little while ago. It's not over. We're just taking a little break to hear some preaching, and then we're going to get right back to it because God's going to minister to some people here today. Another beauty of the relationship with God. Here's this anchor thing again. Jesus said, Jesus said, Come unto me, all you that labor. You don't find that in worldly things. The Spirit of God, the relationship with God, has the ability to guide you through turbulent times, or He can hold you steady until the storm passes. Job said when He gives quietness, who then can make trouble? When God gives quietness, who then can make trouble? And when he hides his face, who then can behold him, whether it be done against a nation or against a man only? The psalmist said, How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God! Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house, and thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasures. This is the relationship with God, the anchor of Christ. Christ, the Jesus anchor, has brought rest to many torn and weary souls. There's nothing like taking the struggles of life and placing them on the altar that Brother Dave preached last Sunday. In doing this, we affirm, God, I have done all I can do. How much easier would it be if we could learn this in the beginning, to take our difficulties to the Lord? Another purpose of the anchor is to keep the ship from losing ground. There are times that the ship must navigate around the dangerous rocks of the headwaters. The anchor is run out and dropped and then the sailors will work the cable and swing around the treacherous point. It takes time, effort and great energy to operate a ship in this manner. But by doing this, no ground is lost. And our quest for revival and growth as a church we can't lose ground as a church. May I submit to you this morning that repentance is not losing ground. It's a seedbed of growth. Sacrifice is not the loss of ground. It's the strong cost and effort of revival and growth in our lives. Scheduled prayer is not a loss of ground. It's the energy behind revival and growth. The ship does not lose ground when the anchor of Christ is guiding it around the horn. There's nothing that unifies and consecrates a life like some strongly held hope and conviction. I have sat in the presence of more than one husband and wife in the presence of more than one family that they finally conclude, they look at each other and conclude, "Honey." we don't know where to go from here and we don't know all the answers for tomorrow but we're gonna hold our ground and we're gonna stand firm on the word of God there's a family in my mind right now they're here this morning sister Murphy and I I don't feel like we helped any we were just there I don't feel like our words it wasn't enough it really didn't give much of an answer but I watched this family just bottom line conclude. We're going to do what we know to do, and we're going to put the rest in God's hands. The byproduct of that is here today. It was one of their kids. I can't describe to you the value of this angel. So what difficulty do you bring here today? What have you brought here with you today? Would you be willing to admit that perhaps in my past, this is repentance, that in my past, I've not really anchored to God like I know I should. I've not been everything that in this relationship that we call Jesus and Christian. Maybe I haven't done my part all the way like I should have. I've anchored to other things, but it's not helped me. What difficulty do you bring here today? Is it the failure of some cherished plan? Is it the death of some great dream? Is it the sting of sin and loss of hope? What have you brought here today? Is it hurt received at the hand of the uncaring? The standard pressures and Stresses of life. There's a song that's rumbling in my head and our overcomers group will identify it right away. I can still hear it. I can still hear our song leader lead it in the church I grew up in. I can hear the choir standing around me sing it. I can hear my mother and her singing alto. I can hear her singing it. It's just simply I've anchored my soul in the haven of rest. I'll sail the wide seas no more. The tempest may sweep or the wild stormy deep. But in Jesus, I'm safe evermore. I remember when we first met Brother James and Sister Sarah Tomlinson. I love these people. I wanted to expose them to everything I could. In the Bible, they were extremely knowledgeable in the Bible when I met them. They still are. But I just wanted to try to share more. And then I wanted to expose them to even the United Pentecostal Church. They were brand new to all of these things. So I persuaded him to go to a men's conference with me and I was so excited. I'm going to take him to the campground. We all know the value and the beauty of all of that. He had never been there. But I wanted him to see it. I wanted him to share it. We were a few minutes late getting to the service in Tioga but when we walked in I'll never forget it There's a man on the platform I didn't know still don't know couldn't tell you his name if I had to but he was singing a song I wanted to look up the words to it but the essence of it is this some of you may recognize it but all I can remember is him tears streaming down his face his face looked up to the ceiling when I first saw him As Brother James and I walked in to look for a seat, I could hear him singing, My Anchor Holds. My Anchor Holds. It swept that congregation of men. The tabernacle was about two-thirds full of men. And it's like all of these men just kind of hit that pitch at the same time of, you know what? As solid as men are supposed to be and sure as men are supposed to be and strong as men are supposed to be, It's like all those men realized at one time and in unison that all the assets that we have and all the plans that we have and great family that we have, there's still another anchor that I need in my life. And that song resonated with those people. So when all of my hopes were dashed that night for Brother James, I wanted him to hear the preacher, whoever it was. I wanted him to hear a choir, a praise team, a somebody. I just wanted him to see everything. The service never went past that that song was sung for probably the next 30 or 40 minutes as those men blitzed the front of that building pouring their heart out to God reaching out to an anchor that was stronger than them I would love for all of you as you stand with me this morning to give just due to what I've just preached to you everybody to know it applies to everybody there's nobody here exempted from what I just preached today young old married not married doesn't matter in the coming days weeks and months we're going to need an anchor I'm encouraging you to grab a hold of that anchor today and you may say well pastor I know and I have a grip well you need to get a stronger grip We need to be prepared for whatever comes. And to understand that whatever it is, God can hold us. So as they begin to sing, there's people here. I know who you are. There's a lot of folks here that know who you are. You're not anchored to nothing. You think you are, but you're not. Heaven and earth shall pass away, Jesus. My word shall not pass away. If you're not not anchored to this, you're not anchored. I'm pleading with everybody here today to find a place to pray. Get rid of junk out of your life that don't need to be there. Don't be embarrassed by people that are here. But find an altar. Find an altar. Build one if you need to to make sure before you leave here today that you have a hold of Him and you're going to hang on with everything you've got. Please do that. Please do that. As y'all begin to sing, everybody come around the front. What anchor are you holding on to today? Will it hold you? Unless it's Jesus, it's not. Unless it's Jesus, it will not.
4: Jesus. Jesus.
2: And his blood and righteousness. His word and his power. Come on, somebody. Hear what Joseph preached today. God has great plans for you. Yes, he does. But you gotta give him your heart. You gotta give it back to him. You gotta give it back to him. Everybody talk to the Lord. What a song. What words. Everybody talk to the Lord here today. You can take advantage of this moment to make your marriage stronger, to influence your kids better. You can take advantage of this moment to prioritize the prosperity that God has blessed you with by taking a hold of this angry God.
4: More of ourselves to Jesus today, let's do this. Come on, everybody,
2: let's do this. Let's make it a unified effort to God. You're going to be the top priority of our life. In the name